Hello and welcome to the Diction Police. I'm your host, Ellen Rissinger, an American vocal coach accompanist on the music staff of the Zemperoper in Dresden, Germany. Maurizio Muraro joins us this week and next to discuss Italian diction. As often happens, there was so much good information in the interviews that I could only fit one aria onto each episode. This time, we focus on the combinations of NG, GN, NGL, with the palatal N and L, double consonants, including the rule of radopiamento, and some standard endings with a closed stressed E that we should know about through the text to Banco's aria from Macbeth. A few months ago, I had a question on my private Facebook page asking me about a specific Italian open or closed O ending, and while responding, I also shared it on the Diction Police page, which was then shared by a few fans. I don't often look to see who shares the posts, but that time I did, and I saw that a huge name singer, and I mean huge, really huge, someone that every single person who listens to the show would know, no matter which continent you live on, commented on the post, saying, I don't know what your point is with these open and closed vowels. I've coached with lots of great Italian coaches, and not one of them ever talked about open or closed vowels. As you can imagine, I was pretty frustrated about it, and immediately I wanted to comment back. But it's not really worth fighting about if someone isn't willing to listen. The rules are there to help us all become more understandable to native speakers. As a friend of mine put it, to guide the voice to the right position. There are times that coaches and teachers suggest modification for vocal reasons, and there are also times that using different vowels or different consonants can actually help both the vocalism and your chances for comprehension. We need these rules to have a place to start. It might sound kind of waiting for government to say it, but we need to know the rules so that we can forget the rules. Or maybe I should say we need to know the rules so that we can consciously break them for a specific purpose. In the end, Good diction is an important part of a solid technique, because good composers set the text well for the language, not for faking the language. Now that I have that off my chest, and in the interest of giving everyone as many tools as possible to do their homework, I have a few resources that I wanted to share with everyone. First, a while ago, Felice Veranzoni had told me about a website from RAI, the Italian television station with stage pronunciation. It's called the Dizionario d'Ortografia e di Pronuncia, and the entries include accent markings to indicate stressed syllables and whether they're open or closed, as well as related words in their pronunciation. For example, I just typed in perdere, and with it came perdo, persi, perdetti, perdei, and perduto. They have their own way of marking a voiced S with a kind of thin, flat S, but it's pretty simple to learn the indications. The only drawback with this website is that it'll only accept words exactly as they appear in the entry. I also tried perde, and it couldn't find that at all, so it's important to know the main verb or the root word that it comes from to find exactly what you're looking for. Second, I've downloaded a couple amazing Italian dictionary apps to my iPad. No longer using my four-inch thick Harper's Collins Sansoni is a little odd for me, but I love having everything on a slim little computer that I can carry around, and yes, I am a total iPad addict right now. The ones that I bought are, of course, Harper's Collins, which is an excellent translation tool. In addition to having all of the normal features of a dictionary, it also includes full conjugations of every verb, 
All you have to do is decide which verb tense you want, and the entry will automatically shift. The only downside is that the verb forms then don't have IPA, and it really sticks to modern Italian. Which brings me to lo zingarelli. While it's all in Italian, it has a whole lot of entries that we as opera and art song people need, and regular humans don't. <laughs> like archaic forms and words that haven't been common usage for 300 years. But my favorite thing about zingarelli is that it has all of the verb forms marked with open and closed stressed syllables. Main entries have IPA transcriptions, but like the Dizionario d'Ortografia e di Pronuncia, for verb forms it does this with acute accents for closed vowels and grave accents for open, not with IPA, which is also standard for many Italian dictionaries. Again, it's fabulous to have this at my fingertips in every rehearsal and coaching so that I don't have to drag around another huge book. Neither of these apps is cheap. In fact, they were some of the most expensive apps I've ever bought. But my dictionaries were getting to be almost 20 years old, and I would have paid that much to replace them. When you look at it that way, and realize that they can constantly update these apps forever without me having to replace another book, it's a really good deal. I'll post links to these resources and the names of the apps, along with a link to the text for today at the blog at www.thedictionpolice.com. Don't forget the the. You can also follow the Diction Police on Facebook or on Twitter at Diction Police. Our text for today is Banco's aria from Verdi's Macbeth. Macbeth is the first of Shakespeare's plays that Verdi set to music. And just like the stage play, I've learned not to call it by name during the production. When I was a young artist at Florida Grand Opera, we did a production with Deborah Voigt, Justino Diaz, Eric Halverson, and William Joyner. Not that I'm trying to name drop or anything. And so many little things went wrong. Chorus members' cars breaking down, one of the young artist's singers ran off stage and hit her head on part of the set, had to go to the hospital, one of the supers broke their ankle. I mean, I'm not exactly superstitious, but this is one opera where I think it's allowable to have a little extra caution. Aria di Banco Studia il passo, o oh mio figlio, usciando da queste tenebre, un senso ignoto nascer mi sento in petto, pien di tristo presagio e di sospetto. Come dal ciel precipita l'ombra più sempre oscura, in notte ugual trafissero d'un cano il mio signor. Mille affannose immagini m'annunciano sventura e il mio pensiero ingombrano di larve e di terror. That was Maurizio Muraro reading Banco's aria from Macbeth. Actually, the first thing you said to me was about the two O's that run together in the first line. Right, exactly. In the first line we have studia il passo, comma, o mio figlio. Exactly. But as you know, musically, we, we have a liaison between passo and o. Mm -hmm. So the two vowels goes in one. So... Studia il passo mio figlio. Exactly. So we don't Studia need the glottis. Studia il passo mio figlio. So we don't need a break or any kind of glottal break between the two. No, you don't, you don't have to break. And actually, I heard you do the same thing with the, almost at the end, the e il mio pensiero ingombrano. The, again, exactly. there was no break at all. Exactly. E il mio pensiero ingombrano di larve e di terrore. E il mio pensiero ingombrano. Exactly. And there's another liaison. Yeah, so there's no, there's no breaks there's no between break. these vowels. You don't have to break the two, 
the two words. Yeah, and since we're actually on, since we're on Ingombrano, again, his name is Banco, and we talk about Duncano and Ingombrano, where we have the N that, that's in the back of the mouth and not the front in Ingombrano, right? Yeah, is a, is a daf consonant, no? Yeah. And you have to just to take care of that. Yes, don't, don't change the position, even if the consonant is muta. Silent. Silent, yeah. So we don't want, basically, we don't want to pull the end. Banco. Yeah, we Banco. don't have to call him Banco. No, no, you don't have to move the tongue at yeah. all. It's almost a, a nose sound. Yeah, a nasal Bang. sound. Bang. You use just the, the, the breath, putting in the nose, and you get the, 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 the right sound. Exactly. For this Bang. word. Banco. Banco. But no change in position of the tongue of anything. Yeah, so the tongue when basically... Ban, banco, banco. Yeah. And this can, in this way it comes very naturally. And you don't have to, 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 to work out to find something strange, different, uh, that any other uh, position you get before to uh, pronunciate, pronunciate, pronounce, uh, pronounce, to pronounce. to pronounce the consonant. Yeah. Banco. Because it's followed Manu, by the K. Manunciano. It's always the same. No, you don't have to, to... Don't change nothing. Anything. Okay, but Michael, okay, now you said that Manunciano. Then that N is, is mm. front, though. Manunciano. Manunciano. In, ingombrano. It's in the back where is the G it? is about to be spoken. In, ingombrano. Yeah. Because it stays in the same position, then it's not like you're trying Correct. to move different Correct. parts of your tongue. Correct. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. You don't have to take the tongue behind you, the, the tooth. Yeah. No? No. Exactly. El mio pensiero ingombrano. You see, there are many M and N yeah. consonants in this phrase. Yeah. So, is every, every single consonant is full of the, 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 the second one. Especially in this phrase, Verdi was very clever to compose uh, in the right way. For, for the voices. Absolutely. And so you can get the, the position of the pronunciation very naturally because he helped a lot with the way he, he learned to, to compose for the voices. Yeah, because it just fl it flows better than... Brava, except, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So... Now, the, speaking of this, the other thing you mentioned before we started was the word tenebre. Oh, yeah, tenebre. Because the, the, correctly, is, uh, the accent is on the first, goes on the first vowel. But here is change on the second one. Yeah, he says, so. Usham da queste tenebre. Bravissima. Yeah. Usham da queste tenebre. Right, forgive more sense of the word, no? more, more sense of the darkness, yeah. of the subspecial. Um, suspi suspicion. Suspicion of, of the situation, no? the, yeah. the right atmosphere. That's why he changed the accent. Yeah. So, correctly, if you ask me to read, the word is tenebre. Mm -hmm. Tenebre. The first E, the first E, the first pole is open, and the second, the third one, closed. Exactly. And because it's open, it's also stressed. Right. But... But, because Verdi wants exactly the effect he was looking for, he changed the accent on the second vowel. Yeah. So you get the first one close, the second open, and the third close again. Yeah. Tenebre. 
So, so, so once in, in inverting those syllables, it inverts where the stre- where the stress is, and therefore which one is open. Right. Yeah. Correct. One thing that I, I hear a lot, especially when I'm coaching Germans, because in German when a vowel is followed by two consonants is generally open, I actually underline the two words lombra, which is the shadow, mm-hmm. and notte, because lombra is, is a closed o. Yes. Lombra più sempre oscura, yes. So you can hear that that one's a closed one, but then notte is open. Sì, in notte uguale, trafisso, sì. Lombra più sempre oscura, in notte, ombra, notte. Yeah. Yeah, different O. Yeah, so you can hear that having two consonants, or three in the case of lombra, doesn't actually do have any effect on whether the vowel is going to be open or closed. No, 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 no. For example, in cello, there's a there's a word with cello. Dal cello, come dal, come dal cello. cello. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this is, for example, an, uh, an example of uh, where the the e, mm-hmm. the e, is open. Yes. Like bene. Exactly. Cello. Mm-hmm. We we don't used to say cello bene, but cello e bene. Exactly. Right? Exactly. And, and also, pensiero falls into that category. Il mio pensiero ingombrano, sì. What about? Sospetto, Sospetto. is also open. Also open. Pien di tristo presagio e di sospetto. But here, usciam da... Usciam da queste... Queste then is closed. Tenebre, queste is closed, yes. In Italian language, you get just two vowels which can be open or closed, which are e, e, o. O. Yeah. O is with H O when you when is verb. Yes, the the first person singular of avere. Yo o. Yo o. Is open. Exactly. It's very open and and round yes. sound. Yeah. O is like a, a or this or that. Yes. Is closed. O. With the E and E, we have the easy example of of the verb E. Exactly, it's the same. The same rule: e when is verb, e when is uh, the conjunction. Conjunction e. e. Yeah. Yeah. Studia il passo o mio figlio. But as we said in the beginning, you don't listen very well the the, the different because it's a, there's a liaison. Studia il passo mio figlio. Exactly. Partly because passo is unstressed, so it's closed, and then the word o is also closed, so it stays. Even because it doesn't change too much the sound, the sense. No? Yeah. You can say also without O. Yeah. Uh, so, studia il passo, mio figlio. Yeah. It's actually. like to give a, a, a suggestion. No? Exactly. So, it doesn't change the, 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 the meaning. And you don't have to, to be stressful for that. Exactly. No? Exactly. One thing that I thought was interesting that we come across is the, the lasagna... Connection of GN in this the word. GN. Exactly. I mean, when we talk about Duncano, il mio yeah. signor. Yeah, it's, it's funny because I, I, I can listen when a, a singer is not uh, Italian mother tongue because yeah. uh, the, he has a problem with GN and GL. Yes, G. Bravissima, bravissima, for example, yes. yes. Uh, so it's very fun. Uh, I know it's a difficult sound. Duncano il mio signor. Signor. It's very signor. nasal. Signor. It's very nasal. Yeah, yeah. The Italian language is a, a language that you don't have to force at all, just in case you have just to give uh, the, 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 the passion or the, the sense of what you do. Exactly. What you, what you say. 
but uh, is a very smooth language. Yeah, you it's very I mean? gentle. Yeah, it's yeah. very gentle. So, it's not stopping. In this case, Duncano, il mio signor. But it's very important to listen. Nye. 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 It's very in the nose. Well, and you also, you, I can see it's the, the tip of your tongue is on the teeth. It's, yes. It's also a matter of not saying as an N followed by a J glide, but actually saying it with the big flat part of your tongue up against the roof of your si, mouth. Si, si, Signor si, si. ignoto. We have also a vignoto in the rest of the teeth. It's very daft, no? The, yeah, it's very... Uh, sorda. It's, yeah, or sorda. It's muted. Muted. Yeah. Nye. Nye. Ignoto. Ignoro. Ignoto. Ignaro. Yeah, lasagna. Lasagna. <laughs> but don't don't exaggerate. Don't 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 exaggerate this sound. Otherwise, is a you force. Yeah. You know, you have to find always the elegant way to to pronounce to to make the right pronunciation of exactly. those two consonants together, like giglio, giglio. The tongue is almost on the top of the mouth. Exactly, the flat part of the tongue. Yeah. Yeah. And the two uh, sides of the tongue are wide. Yeah. And the tip of the tongue is on the bottom teeth, actually. Giglio. Giglio. Yeah. Exactly. Gignomi. Yeah. And this is exactly well. And this is the phonetic letter is actually the lambda, which is also it's a palatal. It's, it's a palatal consonant. It's the same one we have in other languages too, but it's, I think it's great to hear physically how we say it again. Right. Yeah. And then the end of the, of the aria of Banco, we have the last uh, sentence before they kill him, mm -hmm. uh, which is, Oime, fuggi mio figlio. Oh, there we have the J and the uh, <laughs> <laughs> Oime, fuggi mio figlio. O tradimento. Tradimento, which is closed. Si, it's closed, no tradimento. No, yeah, no, exactly. No. Mento. Yeah, and that's a standard ending. Si. Is tradimento, tra, um, finalmente, but that's si. a different ending. Si. Finalmente, tradimento, risorgimento, rinascimento, reggimento, figlia del reggimento. Reggimento, huh? exactly. So it's a, it's a good ending to learn. Yeah. So that it's one less we have to look up. Yeah. Later. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, we have the food G. This is the... And there again, the G's are softened because of the letter I. Si. Si, food G. Yeah. Food G. I, I force always someone who's not mother tongue. I recommend them to, to pronunciate very well the double consonants. Because that makes the difference. Yeah, they sort of between bounce. Italian and uh, who is not. Yeah, is very very important. I think, believe me, it it makes the difference. Yeah, you can tell immediately mm -hmm. that uh, a singer is a good singer or not <laughs> because uh, of the double consonants. Yeah, well, and you when have that, and you have that in, in the in. Right after the Mille affannose. Keep going, keep going. Mille affannose immagini. Exactly, there's a no? thousand of them there's in a row. It's a beautiful phrase with one, two, three, four times double consonant. Yeah. And please take care of that. It's, it's a very important rule because if we have double consonant, it means something. So we must pronunciate very clear. 
yeah. the double where whenever and wherever you have the double consonant exactly because mille affannose affannose immagini it makes this ah, is 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 uh, is nothing mille affannose immagini yeah this is music too yeah you know exact the language has its own music to it right mm -hmm. so Please take really care where you have the double consonants. Well, and also to make the difference between when they're single, like presagio and... Sospetto. That we exactly. have sospetto, yeah. Exactly. Okay. Pien di tristo presagio e di sospetto. Because then you hear Is how there, you get you, there. You listen that uh, when I, I read, pien di tristo presagio e di sospetto, the phrase is stand up in the end like suspension exactly no? and you and the double consonant double t uh, explain this atmosphere this feeling yeah so that's why it's very important yeah definitely you know mm -hmm. and 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 uh, the trick is just to get to like to break a little bit the sound and this way you have the double t <laughs> you cannot say sospetto, <laughs> you know, no, but exactly. sospetto. Exactly, just to stop the sound, just, just enough. Suspend, uh, just a comma, uh, and then and then you get the, the, the sense of the double T. Yeah. Ah, what I, what I want to say is that uh, just in two cases, we call consonante di abbellimento, is when you, when you put the B, in front of the bene, uh -huh. va bene, for example, uh, just to, to give more uh, incisività. Emphasis, yeah. More emphasis to the word. But otherwise, va bene, is, it felt down. Yeah, we, we actually call that the rule of raddoppiamento. Sì, si, raddoppiamento di abbellimento, di rafforzamento. Rafforzamento. Sì, si, rafforzamento, like give yeah. more force, more incisivity. Incisiveness. Incisiveness. Reinforce, to reinforce it. Because si. you can do that with words like occel. For example, uh, in, in Don Giovanni, uh, it comes the phrase uh, uh, where Masetto sings uh, in the beginning of the first finale. Va bene, mm -hmm. va bene, va bene in verità. Exactly. No, if you say va bene, va bene, va bene in verità. No, but Masetto is very uh, upset in that moment, no? Yeah, exactly. So, to give this character, you put the double B. One B more <laughs> in, exactly. the, in, in front of the, of the yeah, word. Exactly. So, you say va bene, va bene. Violetta in Traviata has the same sort of thing when, when Germont is telling her he's going to find another woman, he's too, he's too young for you, you're so. old, you're not going to be beautiful all the time. And she says, è vero, è vero. È vero, right, exactly. This is another good example. Yeah. So it's, it's a way, I mean, it's not just a rule that we make up for no reason just to make people double their consonants. It's really a rule to make the words paint. Right, exactly, exactly. Just to, to underline the, the, the meaning Yeah. Uh, the, 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 the sense of the word. You know? Maybe not even the meaning, the subtext. Si. What, what, you're, what si. you're trying to get across correct. with this one word. Absolutely correct, yeah. yes. We talked quite a bit about the combination of NG and NK. According to the rules of diction, an N followed by a phonetic G or K becomes the N with the hook on the right. We saw that here with the names Panco and Duncano, 
and the verb ingombrano, where it happens within a word. But this can also happen between words, like un gatto. Be careful with this rule, though, because not all C's and G's will take this rule. When a C or a G is softened by an E or an I after it, they're no longer the phonetic K and G. So the N will maintain its phonetic identity. For example, in this aria, the word manunciano doesn't become manunciano or manunciano. As we said in the interview, you're basically trying to keep your tongue in the same placement. So if you find yourself shifting your tongue to make the letter N before another consonant, you should probably double check it against the rules. If you want more information about the assimilation of N before another consonant, we covered this topic in detail with Simone Di Felice on episodes 44 and 45 of the podcast. Palatal consonants are sometimes tough for English speakers because the closest thing we have to that G-N-Y sound is the word onion, and even that isn't exactly right. This palatal N, which is transcribed as the N with the hook on the left, We've also talked about on some of the Czech episodes, and it's the same sound there, too. I've even stolen the way I explain this consonant from Tim Cheek's book, Singing in Czech. The palatal N isn't made with the tip of the tongue, but with the wide, flat part of the tongue against the hard palate, and the tip of the tongue is actually resting on the bottom teeth. Try saying lasagna and getting the middle of your tongue up on the roof of your mouth, and that's what we're looking for. Now that you've figured that out, try the palatal L, which is formed in exactly the same position. This sound, which is the lambda in IPA, is spelled by the combination of GL in words like figlio and gigli. The palatal N is spelled with a GN in words like ignoto and lasagna. The first thing Maurizio and I talked about was the legato connection between the vowels. No glottals. We've talked about this before, but it always bears repeating because our habits are often stronger than our conscious minds. In almost every single Italian aria, no, in every single Italian aria and recitative, there is at least one case where there are two vowels back to back on the same note, and many cases where it's the exact same vowel. We don't have to reiterate that vowel. I mean, think of the word for and, which is just the letter e, e the closed lowercase e phonetically, and then realize how many words end in the letter e. Since I just played Don Giovanni rehearsals, I'll use that first line as an example. Notte, giorno, faticar. There's an e at the end of notte, followed by an e for the word and. And it's easy to hear there, because if we tried to make a glottal separation, we'd have to add a note. Notte e giorno. Doesn't work. Just like here in Studia il Passo Mio Figlio, we don't have to do anything to make that word clear. It will automatically appear through context. Or not, because in this case, as Maurizio said, we don't really need the word O here because it's not important. Studia also leads straight into Il without a glottal too. It can be tough to get our glottal-minded brains to remember that all the time for English and German speakers but it's something to always remember in Italian. Legato, legato, legato. No glottals. I really wanted to make this point that double consonants don't affect whether the preceding vowel is open or closed, because remember I talked about that question on my Facebook page at the beginning of this episode? The singer there thought that having more than one consonant would open the preceding vowel. The confusion comes because the two consonants opening the preceding vowel is really a rule in German, 
not in Italian. So the word for night, notte, is open. But the verb porre, to put or place, is closed. This holds true for stressed E's too, as in the word permesso, permission, which is closed, but petto, chest, and pezzo, piece, the P-I-E-C-E, piece, are open. So if it's a word that you don't recognize, look it up. The endings M-E-N-T-O and M-E-N-T-E are both standard suffixes that are the closed lowercase e. These endings come up all the time, like Maurizio said. The M-E-N-T-O suffix in indicates a noun. Words like regimento, regiment, risorgimento, the Renaissance, and after Bango's aria, tradimento, betrayal. The M-E-N-T-E ending corresponds to the L-Y ending of English words. Bravamente, boldly, discutabilmente, questionably, fragilmente, weakly. In researching for this topic, I even found lists on Wikipedia of words with common suffixes in Italian. So I'll put links to those pages at the blog. Since we're comparing this to German for a second, also remember that closed and open vowels in Italian are not nearly as closed or open as in German. But there still needs to be a real distinction between open and closed E's and O's, not an approximation. That's all we have time for today. The next episode will be the rest of my talk with Maurizio, discussing Don Bartolo's aria from Il Barbiere di Siviglia. To find out more about Maurizio Muraro, or if you have any questions or comments for me, Ellen Rissinger, please visit the blog at www.thedictionpolice.com. And if you enjoyed this podcast, please go to iTunes and give it a high rating so that others can find it and benefit from it. Thanks for listening. See you next time.